Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about the latest books in the Dawn of X or Reign of X, X-Men line right now. I'm your host, Nick, accompanied by the fine, I guess. In what way? By the way, my name my name is Josh, but in what way am I fine? Like fine, like... You're fine. Like fine, like, hey, hey, that boy's fine or fine, like, he's all right. Yeah, second one. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take calm it. Calm A, calm B, but mainly calm B. All right, that's yeah. fine. That's, that's fine. fine. I can that's live fine. with that. See? That's, that's fair. That's that's a that's a fair assessment of everything about me and this podcast. Frankly, let's go. What are we that's doing? Fair. All right, guys. Today we are covering Hellions number seven, Marauders number sixteen, New Mutants number fourteen, X Factor number five, and Sword issue one. That's right, man. We got so much to cover today. No time to dilly dally. That's exactly what we're gonna do. Yeah, because um, we kind of have to dilly dally a little bit. We have to because last episode we talked about a great book, God Loves Man Kills, and we had a whole discussion about race and about how cops handle certain situations. And sir, I don't know if you saw, but last hmm. week there was yes. an attempted coup at the Capitol where cops um, didn't do jack shit. Oh, oh, oh! The 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 Proud Boys and and the Magas of the world yeah. who descended on the Capitol and 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 that. Oh yeah, no, no. I caught I caught a glimpse of that or, or two of that. Yeah, you, yeah. Saw, you saw a bit a little yeah. bit of it. Yeah, yeah. Did I, I call you when it was happening? Because I'm yeah. like, I need to talk to someone. Because <laughs> you needed like some kind of touchstone to reality for a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we did that for sure. Um, yeah, not good. Things not good. are uh, things aren't looking great here in our fair uh, land, and. Uh-huh. Yeah, as I said right before we hit record here, uh, it's only gotten worse since we talked about God Loves Man Kills. Yeah. And um, which is me, which also means it's gotten worse since God Loves Man Kills was written. You know what <laughs> yes, I mean? Like, definitely. That was like seen as like cutting edge dark. Yeah. It's just reality. And now, People are marching in the Capitol with Confederate fucking flags, dude. In the year of our Lord, twenty twenty. In the Capitol, in the cap, in the Capitol C Capitol. Uh, so yeah, cops don't give a fuck if you're MAGA related. No, yeah, no. If you um, if you they even let you in the building and take selfies with you and yeah, if you help you through the window, if you look like a a, a white person, if you yeah. present as a white person, it's amazing what kind of treatment you'll get when you're um attacking <laughs> the fucking government now i don't blame the cops that were like at the front going wait what what's happening there's five of us and like 500 people what the fuck i do blame the cops that helped them in the fucking building or the cops that were in swat gear and still politely moving their way through the crowd yeah like, wait a minute wait a minute what didn't like you pepper spray a, f- a bunch of motherfuckers for and being outside the White House? Like, and here's the thing for for me, and and I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to speak or tell you how you need to feel, but for me, I like, I'm not advocating that the police show that same that same level of craziness, I because I don't want them to show it ever. You know what yeah, I mean? True, but yeah. like, what? was the what was appalling about it was just how blatant the the hypocrisy was how just no one cared like they everyone the cops and the and the fucking treasonous motherfuckers all felt so empowered and protected by their white privilege that they 
saw no problem with what was happening. No. And and, and I, go ahead. And one other thing I just want to say for me with this, what bothers me a lot about law enforcement here is so few arrests were made while it was happening, despite the fact that it was also very illegal while it was happening. Yeah. That like it is now to the point where the cops are like, oh, well, we have to make arrests. So law enforcement is relying on surveillance programs and doxing tech tactics and, and other kinds of sur- like digital surveillance that is often used against people of color oh, yeah. and, and foreigners, you know, out, you know, not foreign where they are, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah. That like, I just want anyone who is of that liberal belief to take a minute before they get excited about all the technology being used to, to out these people it is great when they out themselves because plenty of them did that because they're fucking oh, yeah. idiots. Yeah. And they just recorded themselves. But keep in mind that every time the, the police are like, oh, we're going to use this new Amazon fucking AI program to help catch the people you want us to catch, that software is now in the hands of the cops, which will most assuredly be used next time there's a Black Lives Matter protest yeah. or a, a brown man does anything in the city. Well, that's why I, I noticed it was mainly one of the few groups I still vaguely trust. It was mainly FBI saying, hey, we should really look into this. And like local cops going, oh, fuck the FBI. Uh, um, uh, yeah, yeah, I know who he is. Is it a guy you work with? Listen, yeah, yeah, it is. Like, they already found plenty of either former or current cops. Yeah. Teachers, uh, other lawmakers, apparently, I saw. Like, yeah. Just weird shit where I'm the, like, how did you think this was going to end? The rot, the rot is so complete for some of these humans that they truly wholeheartedly believe that what they were doing was necessary. Yeah. Like they believed without any doubt in their minds that they were right and just. They were chanting to lynch mike pence yes we I don't have any love towards mike pence no but he's a republican through and through that's why i think I, don't, I, I probably said it to you at the time but i'm like this is nothing about republican democrat anymore no. it's worshiping trump yeah it's it's a it's been a cult of personality and and it's boiled to just an insane level um and and i will also say that it comes as no surprise to anybody listening that i do not like mike pence in the slightest yeah, no. But I also don't support him being hanged. Yeah. By mob, at least. Yeah, Maybe yeah. if there's a I'll, trial, sure. We'll see. But, yeah. you know, but like, I'm not advocating. It's like the, the group of like the, the cast of Drag Race. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll support that. But yeah. like, <laughs> I, I won't. RuPaul, just like, you're dead, honey. Uh, go. That I will. I'll support the fuck out of that. That's right? pretty cool. It's good. That's but like NBC. Yeah. yeah. Game show company. <laughs> this fall anyway let's get back to x-men oh i have one last point that okay, all my coworkers liked because i think the mvp of that whole fucking day the terrible day was matt gates because he walked after all that terrible shit happened he walked right to the stand looked everyone in the eye you had mitch mcconnell and lindsey graham going hey it's time to move on and go forward and he just goes you know what guys i heard it was antifa with a straight face just says that wasn't even trump supporters it was definitely antifa all of those swastikas you saw tattooed on people's body 
Antifa. Yeah. The the amount of confidence he had when he said it, I was like, you know what, man? I'm not even gonna fight you. Is like, it... clearly don't give a fuck. So I'm yeah. not gonna fight you. <laughs> yeah, we can talk off air more if you want about uh like all the ramifications politically of of <laughs> what you, you just said, but like Matt Gates is a historic just just all-star level piece of shit yeah it's impressed that's what i'm saying i'm like i'm in awe and if you're the bad guy but man wow you nail it if you have you personally co-host nick Mm. and you personally listener nick um or other listeners not named nick if you have hbo and you hate matt gates and you have not watched a documentary called the swamp do yourself a favor and go watch the swamp I never heard of that one. It is truly bonkers, and it <laughs> and it will like truly it will especially now, watching it now because remember this was like made a couple years ago at this point or just a year ago really like right before the pandemic hit it was when this this doc was was filmed and made so yeah he's he's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> On that note, speaking of weirdos, speaking of weirdos. Hellions number seven first, and this weirdo, <laughs> Mr. Sinister. Mr. Sinister. So, number seven, our first book, Hellions number seven, our first book post uh, Hickman's and Teeny Howard's X of Swords mega event. We find ourselves back at the Quiet Council with um, Mr. Sinister just pleading that his dear Hellions are dead and that the council must, they must simply. Bring them back as fast as possible. Don't you understand that it's just imperative? They died hero, just pleading and begging. I like, fucking love this. Everyone's like the, rolling their fucking eyes at him. And, and at some point, uh, Kate whispers to Emma, like, I, I thought I thought this was settled, that they were going to get resurrected. And, and Emma's like, don't say anything. This is enjoyable. And so, like, the whole council has agreed to just not tell him for a couple minutes to watch him act like a fool. Yeah. And his hellions to come back so that's how the book opens because hellions still grade a fucking content here fantastic um after that we end up at the hatchery with the five and professor x they're reporting to him that the two just the two of them right nanny and wild child right yeah yeah so nanny can't bring back orphan maker yet yeah so nanny and wild child have been brought back but those are the only two of the hellions that died in Araco and not in krakoa yeah so they've noticed that there seems to be like a spike in their mutant powers and personality and they basically describe it as every they're the same they're just more them they're like a, a, a more honed version of who they were before so with for like Wild Child, um, he's that much more feral and and that much more like dog pack mindset. And for Nanny, she's that much more um, Nanny. She's that much more like yeah needs to protect the children at all costs. So um, yeah, that's so, what we learn in the opening of Hellions. Yes. So but about that, we what know up? you died in other world. You just don't come back the same at all exactly mm-hmm. but now if you come back from this place you're just slightly different you're a more focused version of yourself so far it would appear yeah okay yeah 
And again, it's a small sample size. It's these two, and then they're keeping um, Orphan Maker on ice because his powers until his suit can be made. Because as we saw before, all the ooze that comes out of him apparently <laughs> destroys the world. It's, <laughs> it's a yeah. He's a catastrophic. Uh, he's a, he's a ticking time bomb. So they need the suit. Um, we go to the White Palace where uh, Emma is in a very uh, striking pose because that's how Emma's always is. Like I just, I love all the opening shots in Hellions. Like every time they do a scene change, there like there's a really like stark opening shot of where we're at. And with this one, we get Emma at a um, sunset, kind of talking to somebody, and we find out it's a humbled. Alex Summers, who's asking basically if he could come off the Hellions team, is getting really fucked up out there. He's like, I'm getting tired of dying. I lost my hands. I lost my eye. I I don't belong here. Like, he's feeling very like these people are truly monsters. Like, he's like, he's like the kid who got detention for the first time in his life. And he's like, yeah, (laughs) he's like having to hang out with like the, like the really rough students or whatever. And he's like, I, I'm going to get hurt, man. Like, uh, these I'm not like these guys, dude. I just I, I wasn't. Uh, uh, come on, Emma, help me out. And so like, I know I'm messed up, but like these guys are messed. These up. guys are fucked in the head. And uh, so he pleads with Emma to to ask the council to get him off the team, and she basically says no. That he may not realize it, but that is where he belongs right now. Yeah. And so we go back to Bar Sinister where the Hellions are regrouping after after their resurrections. Now, hold on one second. Will do. Can I talk about, can I quote at least two things that Sinister says in these two pages? Yeah, go for it, man. You take over, you, you take over the, this part and then I'll come back in after this scene right here. So the Hellions know something's up. They know whatever happened in the other world isn't the way Sinister is describing because it's Sinister. He's a liar and doesn't even try and hide it that much. Um, Psylocke, as we'll see later, is a little more defensive about it, not really trying to get too much into it. But for probably the first time in this series, um, keep forgetting his name, but Empath and uh, Gray Claw, Gray Crow, Gray Crow, um, both are agreeing with each other. Like they almost seem like they want to team up because like something else happened. Granted, yeah. neither remember how bad things got in other worlds. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure he would just kill Empath again if he knew. Oh yeah, if happened. he knew that. <laughs> That he was basically under his control for uh, that entire time? Yeah, he'd be dead again. Yeah, but I I couldn't stop laughing when we see Nanny and um, Wild Child, and Sinister says, death agrees with you. (laughs) Yeah, he's just, he's so fucking, he just, he just treats everyone like he's doing them a favor. And then later, when they come around him, he's like, to me, my Hellions, Kidding, of course. Keep a healthy perimeter. Oh, I screenshot that because that's the perfect COVID panel. Yeah, that's true. No, I'm kidding. Keep a, don't keep a like, healthy perimeter. Don't like being touched. Exactly. <laughs> I love, just, just those two things. Fucking Sinister is the best. This I version also, of Sinister is the fucking best. It really, I love this, this sassy Sinister. Um, I also, when he says to me, my Hellions, I just love the play on the classic to me my x-men yeah you know i was like oh god sinister just but then he's like i'm kidding i don't want you around me (laughs) too many germs you made it 
so basically he's called his team here because uh, their next mission in order to bring back Orphan Maker, they need Nanny to once again create the suit that contains his power. Um, and she can only do that with access to her weird spaceship that they now have to get to. Do you have in your notes? I forget exactly. It's um, like in orbit somewhere. Like it's it's kind of treacherous treacherous to get to, if I'm not mistaken. I just yeah. don't recall why. I'm just trying to find the line where he describes her ship as like an egg-shaped ship. Yeah. And like uh something about a ghoulish habit of stealing babies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, so good. So he tells them that's the mission, but the team is basically, as you were alluding to, most of the team is like, no. Like Scott or not Scott. Alex comes in at the end of the meeting, which then gives them the numbers to be like, no, Sinister, before we do a fucking thing. <laughs> we want answers we keep dying on our missions <laughs> um what the fuck happened last time we died and um they basically uh, start to mutiny and they're going to uh, attack him they start surrounding him until uh psylocke gets involved and protects him and as they're leaving it, sinister says have i told you how pretty you are when you're loyal yeah like, and he can't then, be appreciative that she just saved his ass. Well, he knows why she did it. And yeah. you know what he's alluding to, or what she says next, which is, I want to see her now. So again, we were asking last time, what the hell does he have on Psylocke? And we said, it's got to be her kid from that Fallen Angels yeah. series. And we were right. He has, yeah. he's extrapolated, it seems like, the genetic code of her kid and can basically like, made an ai i don't know yeah like i think she's like existing as a yeah as some kind of like ai some kind of like techno organic ai thing right now but it sounds like he's promising that he can bring her back into like a body at some point i don't i don't know but anyway because of psylocke's involvement the team now has to go on this mission to retrieve nanny's weird flea like i thought it looked like a flea because it had like little legs i thought um, of you know blue beetle yes i thought yes, of his thing that's what it looked yeah, like it, exactly but yeah. also before we get to the ship i like these little moments between um gray crow and wild child where he's like you're definitely different and he's like i want to mate i, I want a she-wolf yeah. And I want food, and he's like, "You're a man. I like it," and just laughs with him. I kind of like he, that moment. He's like a she wolf. Like he just loves the expression. A she wolf. What a yeah. like. This is great. And like empath looking annoyed, like these two fucking idiots yeah, sitting he, next he, to me. Yeah. Well, it, my my favorite part of it is he calls them weird, and like empath, you're a psychotic human being. What the fuck are you talking you're about? Um, but anyway, so. They are piloting Psylocke and is about to interrupt you real quick. When yeah. you when you read Nanny, do you give her like a weird bop boxy high pitch voice? Yes. Okay. Or like that, definitely a high pitch voice. Yeah. I was imagine talking like this. Yeah, like uh, like pro like if I could go like it, to me, it's like a more computer high pitched voice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, just curious. I'm yeah. looking at it right now. I'm like, I just imagine a weird tin can. High oh, thing. shit. Okay, so here's what I'm forgetting. So he told Psylocke, Mr. Sinister told Psylocke on, before they went on this adventure, 
you can take my personal ship because I love you so much. Just don't let anything happen to it. I love the AI on my ship. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so Psylocke's way of redeeming herself to the team and proving that she's still being loyal to the team and also like sticking it to, to Sinister is her way of breaking into the place they need to go, this highly fortified fortress, is to suicide mission the jet into the side of the of the uh, building here. And so, As the jet always says when you mention Sinister, Mr. Essex, what a guy. What a guy. It's so, yeah, yeah, he loves it. He loves the AI because he's programmed it to just flatter him the entire time. Yeah. But um, so anyway, they all jump in the escape pod. They... Psylocke flies the plane into the base they have to break into <laughs> and it's just wonderful splash page of yeah. of sinister seeing that his ship is being blown up his beautiful ai is being blown up and he screams out clive <laughs> not the he doesn't know what happened to the people he doesn't no, give a fuck he it's, doesn't care yeah but the uh so now that the planes crashed into this building, they are uh, attacked by these machines. The, the team is attacked by these machines. Come to find out that the man behind these machines, these techno advanced machines here, is none other. This book is just loving all Inferno references. None other than goddamn Cameron Hodge, who yes. is just one of the fucking... Worst in, in both ways. Like, I truly do not care for this character. And he's also a very bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, I just... Okay, last time I remember seeing him, he had, like, six arms and a long neck. Yeah, because he's he was part um, Warlock, whatever Warlock. I can't... Um, Is that why he was like tech, that? Okay, I, I have a vague memory. Yeah. Like, when I saw that name, I was like, oh, but wait, again, doesn't he have a weird body? <laughs> again, Cameron Hodge ties also back to... You remember in the in the Dawn of X or what was it House of X Powers of X books mm. when in the future when the Technarchy comes to to merge with the not te- Phalanx thank you there it is yeah when the fa- like that's him, that's he had that was the Phalanx that was part of him that's what I'm looking for oh okay. he was he was part of the Phalanx I have more but, questions about that when we get to New Mutants but yeah okay okay so his. His background is with that. So again, as we come to Reign of X and we come to start, we've now had, but also there's been allusions to an Inferno comeback as well. So now I think a lot of Cameron Hodge's background started in in Inferno as well. So here we go, players. And that's where Hellions ends. I gave it four X's. Uh, Yeah, I give it four X's also. Nothing life-changing in the issue, but it's entertaining. It's still quality really high quality writing and the story's still going somewhere and now it's giving us a few answers i'm happy even though we didn't love the story i'm happy it it makes um fallen angels matter yes yeah i I'm, i agree with you i may not have liked it but i'm glad it meant something you know what yeah. i mean it wasn't just like oh nobody liked this let's throw it away like have have some kind of commitment to the storytelling you know like yeah make it matter like you know, like we might not have liked where it was going, but that doesn't mean we can't like where it now goes. Yeah. Well, I have quite <laughs> a bit to say about this book. Um, a lot happens and it's brutal. So let's get right to it. Marauders number 16. Um, I feel like 
Emma was the audience when she just mentions like, all right, now all this exosword stuff is done. Let's get back to the the point of this book. And oh boy. Oh it, man. Yeah. So before we get to that, um, first Storm and Bishop find oh, is it seaweed, right? It's the it's part of the Kirkoan plant that was used to to um drag down Kate. It's evidence Bishop found on Kate's dead body. Yeah. And then they see that, they figure something's going on, and then we cut to uh, Kate and Emma riding horses to Mr. Sinister's castle, it kind of looks like. No, um, what's your dude's name, not Mr. Sinister. Sorry, yeah, Sebastian Saw. Yeah, yeah. S's, all right. Um, so yeah, real quick though, so Storm and Bishop within that that scene, they already they because of that evidence they knew they analyzed it both and they were like that only grows one place sebastian shaw's area he did it like they figured it out they're like, done <laughs> yeah, like I, I just love how like competent and good they are that they're like nope, figured it out. <laughs> like, so sebastian opens the door and is immediately punched oh no before he even no opens, he doesn't yeah, open the door he gets to the door and is punched straight in the face also shout out to the art the art in this whole issue is fantastic but it really is it's really good art so he is punched in the face through the door by kate and they let themselves in and then emma after sebastian flaunt talks about his power of absorbing energy like this is gonna do shit to me emma just shoots him with the i guess like it's a gun a gun that puts an anite that takes his powers away for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I feel like this kind of weapon should be legal in Krakoa. It's kind of I, fun to have that. I'm gonna guess it is, dude. Yeah, probably. But it's Emma. <laughs> so after this, I, literally, guys, if you haven't read this issue, I don't know why you haven't. But after this moment, it is just a fuck you beatdown fest of Sebastian Shaw. Yes, someone. Is. I put him in my at least my top ten X Men villains. I loved this fucking issue. Where would you put him? Years. Yeah, this is. I was so, I was so excited when I saw what was finally happening in this issue. Like as a as a fan of Kate and Emma, and as and I hate Sebastian Shaw, but I also know how much you hate love him. I was like, oh, this is gonna be so good. So for immediately, uh, Kate hits him in the nuts. They proceed to humiliate him. And then she, she follows that the first time in probably 30 years, maybe, that he's ever felt any pain is yeah. her kicking him in the nuts. Yep. And he's, she says to him, master that kinetic energy. <laughs> uh, she continues to either throw away or drink all of his fine wine and different liquors and all this ancient stuff his, his whiskey his his beloved whiskey collection that he's been <laughs> growing on Krakoa uh, but some of it was like given him by special people and like yeah. really old and special and all this yeah. crap uh, and eventually he's like fuck it I don't need powers to fight you I can beat you up you know two women and she just like I think the first issue of Marauders just hits this guy in the throat to make him drop to his knees again she just straight up what's that called like when it's just like your palm strike you know but like yeah. finger finger knife strike finger you know what poke i mean to your throat like she just takes his ass out reminding everyone she is technically a ninja yeah there was a time in the she 80s by, yeah, yeah she was trained by wolverine she yeah. was she was technically a ninja so at this moment they give him a choice 
They could bring all of his stuff to the council, which will definitely get put into exile, which means in the ground with Sabretooth, which again, will come back to bite them in the ass eventually. Don't know when, but it will. Um, or they can do what he says. And he's like, I picked neither and tries to run away. <laughs> um, I fucking, this, this little Watchmen-esque multi-panel picture, I fucking love this. So Sebastian jumps out the window. I assume he was trying to kill himself so he can come back. Or do you um, think he can get away? I this I don't know. Like I I don't know because he 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 says you took away my power and he jumps out the window. But it's only a second floor window. <laughs> like That's the thing. was that part of the joke or like cuz I'm assuming his powers aren't gone forever. No, but like, also it wouldn't like it wouldn't have killed him. Like, yeah, like is this a saying Sebastian saw is a fucking idiot? <laughs> I, I, I think it. What story? <laughs> that it's it, it, yes, it's either a he didn't realize he was on the second story, <laughs> or or b he thought because he doesn't know how anything works because he's never had to worry about pain. That's got to be enough to kill somebody. <laughs> yeah. So in this panel, guys, again, if you haven't read it before, it's amazing. We see the building, then we see Sebastian jump out the building onto the floor, and Glob walks over and goes, oh my gosh, you okay, Mr. Saw? Then Kitty walks out, hi, Glob, and drags Sebastian back through the wall. Bye, Glob. And then Glob just looks around and runs away. Runs. I want to know where he ran to and what he told the person he's when he Somewhere got there. safe. I kind of <laughs> wished we'd see that like in New Mutants at the end. He just runs in the frame and like goes, he, Oh my god, guys. Guys, you're never gonna believe what I just saw. <laughs> Sebastian fell out a window and Kitty dragged him in. <laughs> you guys told me why do you hang out at Hell, Hell Hellfire Bay? And this is why some crazy shit happens. <laughs> so then we have them kind of continue to rate him, and then the doors open with lightning, of course. And you see Lockheed and Storm. And then this is where I'm like, holy shit, this fucking issue. Oh my God. Lockheed bites out Sebastian Shaw's eye and spits it into the fire. I love how they were like, Lockheed, we we aren't going to kill you. We don't want to hurt you. Like Lockheed demanded, Lockheed demanded blood though. So we got to, you did try to kill Lockheed. We got to give him what he wants. And that fucking scene, dude. And like, it is Storm who says he demand like he demanded blood, and I demanded to witness. It's like, oh shit, oh shit. I love that it's all of them, dude. Go. Uh, so then, eventually, now that he yells, "You maimed me," and he's on his knees and he's bleeding and he's bruised and everything, they give him a drink. That drink is not something to say we're good now. It's poison. It's the and same. It's poetically the poison that he was lacing the drugs with, or, or that that the drug no that that the drugs that he was selling to that evil group the kids what they yeah. were lacing the drugs with. It's that yeah, he drug. says he didn't know they were gonna do that. Claims who knows. So if I remember correctly, they said either you'll die from this or you'll be in this terrible weak state. And like we'll see what happens, basically. Yeah. So they're all there. They basically tell him, "Here's so here's actually your punishment. You can either um, die, 
right now. Like <laughs> this, this will kill you. And if that does happen, um, we're not going to bring you back anytime soon. We will use all of our power and your missing vote on the council to make sure that you are put on the back of the resurrection line forever. Wait, didn't Emma say something like, my sister will come back before you do? Yes. Mm-hmm. And she does not want that to happen. And, so, <laughs> um, and then his other option is he can survive this and then just live with the consequences of basically being poisoned, which when I first read it, I thought like he was going to basically be comatose. If he survived. that's what I felt like too. Yeah. Um, which made the ending really fucked up for me when, when I first I read it. Like, yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't, so we can debate, let's, let's get to the end. Then we can debate that. So his, his options either live or die, but either way, he's losing all of his power in the hellfire club. Yeah. And possibly all his physical power. Because he looks like a semi-vegetable state. Yeah, so they wheel him into the council meeting the next morning. Using an old Xavier chair. Yes, he survived. And, um, go ahead, do you want to do do this or do you want me to go through the... Uh, Well, basically, I was going to say that... I can't remember what the vote was. Sorry, I can't remember what the vote was about. Okay, all right, so I'll do it real quick. Because it all just came back to me. Okay, so when they wheel him into the, the council, they act like nothing's happened. Yeah, it's, he's it's, really pale and in a wheelchair with an eye patch. With an eye patch that off so casual that Kate just carried around with her because she's a pirate now. Yeah. Um. So it's Emma, Storm, and Kate who are all on the council, wheeling in him, and they're just like, "Hey, everybody, did we miss anything?" Yeah, and, so casual. And Magneto's like, "Um, I would like to know what's going on with him." <laughs> yeah. And they said he doesn't want to talk about it, but if you want to vote, then he'll talk about it. Like basically take a vote. If you, yeah. if if we vote yes, then he'll tell you what happened. If we vote no, we can move on. And so everyone like Xavier Magneto immediately, yes. Um Sinisters, hell yes. Uh very well, yes, from Exodus. Um, I love Mystique saying, I don't know what's happening here, but I also don't give a shit. No. Yeah, like, huh? No. Um, like, I, I I took that more of like a Whatever it is, I'm enjoying it. So yeah, no, she's keep like, it secret. She's like, I he deserves whatever the fuck is happening to him right now. So yeah. whatever. Or um, even Nightcrawler's I uh like yes. I, like it's like Nightcrawler can't help himself. Like Nightcrawler's like, I know I should say no. They want me to say no. They're my friends, but also like, what the fuck is happening? I want to know. <laughs> and so then of course Emma and Kate say no, but then so does Sebastian. And then he has this weird grin as he says, we're deadlock, it appears. Obviously, my body may be hurt, but my spirit has not dimmed. Fear not. In any state, I remain Krakoa's humble servant. And then he grins very menacingly. So, like, when I first read it, I thought the drug was going to leave him comatose if he survived. So I thought Emma was making him speak telepathically. That will be fucked. Like, was just basically going to use him to like vote the way she wants him to vote yeah i took it two ways when i saw this last image i thought of you ever seen old boy yes remember the last image when he when you don't know if he lost his memories or not and like Mm -hmm. he just smiles at the camera yeah yeah, yeah. i took it in like a semi-depressing way and i also took it as that's him plotting his revenge oh yeah yeah definitely yeah like there's definitely like a revenge plot there too that's why like 
I was confused by the grin because I thought it was Emma doing it. But then like upon a, a closer look a little bit later, I was like, oh no, he's he's still there. He just survived it. He's just forever fucked now until he dies and can be waiting, biting his time. Yeah. yeah. So uh five X's <laughs> easily. Five X's from yours truly as well. Yeah. For I'll say it again, the best series happening right now for X-Men. So next up, we have New Mutants number 14 called Welcome to the Wild Hunt. Fucking love it. Dude, I was so excited from just the cover. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at them. They're all beaten and bruised. Fucking my, my, my boy Warlock is grinning because he's a fucking idiot. He doesn't know what's happening. Everything's a game to him. And they're just so they're just the New Mutants. They're just fucking idiot. They're just always in fucking trouble you know what i mean like i just love them so much let's go let's do it what's your question so first off who this is a new writer a new uh, creative team on this book yeah so vita ayala i believe is how their last name is pronounced i'm, I'm just guessing uh they wrote <clears throat> i don't remember which actual book it was now if it was marauder yeah it was probably marauders because that's where storm is um vita wrote that issue during x of swords where storm goes to wakanda Oh yeah, yeah. You remember that one that we love yeah, so fucking show. much? That's Vita. That's that's this writer. And she's doing the um They are gonna do um Oh sorry, they are doing the Children of the Atom. Yes, that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that again, just getting so much more excited that Vita's uh, new mutants now, and that it's making me more hype for whatever the fuck that Children of the Atom book is gonna be. Yeah. So So I have a question. I what's feel up? like I missed something because wasn't <clears throat> Sorry, wasn't Warlock still kind of a secret? Um, Warlock was... Like, I know Magic knows about Warlock. Yeah, War... <clears throat> Warlock was a secret until um, right... Bo- I forget which book it was, mm-hmm. but like right, basically right before um, X of Swords, because he was Doug's sword. So everyone knows about him now. Like that was, that was Doug's sword, basically. So I think that's how they basically... It might we we might have missed an explanation. Maybe they'll go back and do it, but yeah. I'm I'm filling in the blank here where anyone who didn't know he was back is probably just assuming Doug brought him found a way to bring him back because that's how they had everybody had to go find their swords. So we found Warlock, you know what I mean? Mm, so true. Okay. Um so New Mutants 14 opens up in Egypt in the 16th century. So this could be anything, right? We keep, we're learning about a little boy who has very strong powers. He's a a mutant in the 16th century, I think it said. Yeah, 16th century. And he's this little mutant boy in some name, oh, Egypt. So they're in like this market. He is able to stop people from being robbed. Like he's basically the sheriff of this here market, whatever his mutant power is is able to 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 help these people but one day the little boy who just wants to grow up and be like his dad and run the run the shop in the market his dad uh, dies of the plague and while he's in his grief a very familiar face uh starts appearing from the dark at first because it's new mutants i thought that was demon bear Mm. and i was like oh shit we're getting some kind of weird backstory with Demon Bear. Okay, all right. But then it came to me that, oh no, it's the fucking Shadow King. <laughs> so the return of the Shadow King, who 
traditionally in X-Men books um, and cartoons, kind of uh, racist, <laughs> you know, not always handled properly. So I'm, I'm very happy that a person of color is writing and I'm hoping that that sensitivity will come out and not like just make this like a trope of all weird Asian based <laughs> folklore. But yeah, I think, I think um, Legion, the show did a better job. And that's what I was getting ready to say too. Like the best version going around of Shadow King is by far what they did to Shadow King in the Legion TV show. It's also one of the scariest fucking versions of the Shadow King. I am now petrified of the Shadow King retrospectively because of Legion. Yeah, and, um So yeah, and Legion has a lot of... The, the Shadow King has a lot of history with the New Mutants as well, Back going back to the Legion days. So the book then, after we find out that this was... Um, oh, shit. Farouk, what's his name? Um, Amulah Farouk? What's Ahmed or... Shit. Uh, I don't know. I um, anyway, it's the Shadow King. So we find out that's the origin story. That little boy grows up to be the body that we know most as the Shadow King. Then the rest of the book opens with a letter signed by many members of the original New Mutants team and, and um, James Proudstar. And they are petitioning the Quiet Council saying... Uh, guys, we have a utopia, we have this great society, but like the kids need something to do. We got to get these kids off the streets. Like we, we understand this as the kind of older kids. Like we, we know what needs to be done. Like these kids need to learn how to use their power. Here's what we're proposing that needs to be done, blah, blah, blah. And they list out all these like things that they want to see happen. And Xavier writes back, my students, I love the idea and I love that you all volunteered to do this. <laughs> I have nothing but faith in you and please know that you'll have all the resources you need. Have fun. Have fun. I'm not Bye. Here anymore. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Bye. I still call myself professor X, but I am professor Emetus. I'm not doing this anymore. You are the teachers now. Well, and I do I, like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I was so excited in this moment to see their signatures, right. And like some kind of character, in their the way they're they're signed yeah but also like that moment we we where i realize oh my god they're all about to be the teachers this is about to be a teachers and students like drama book and i'm so excited <laughs> so excited so i love the idea that again this happens a lot in this whole dawn of x line <clears throat> i love the practical idea that hey there's a bunch of young mutants that have nothing to do they just they're in paradise yeah and technically they're probably not learning any curriculum no. they just live in a spot full of other young mutants doing whatever the fuck they want yeah and knowing they can't die so yeah. there's no consequences yeah that is a recipe for fucking disaster yeah and i love that <clears throat> and i love that it's these particular mutants calling it out because all of them pretty fucked up in the head too had pretty yeah. rough childhoods you know what i mean like so as we learn, they're still fucked in the head. Yes, they're still, they're still, they still battle figurative and literal demons, as they, yeah. as magic puts it. So we go back to Krakoa, we go back to where all the the, the younger mutants live, and we find um, Danny and, and Shane having a, a conversation. Uh, uh, Sean, I mean, right? Sean, but, yeah. with the uh, Karma. Yeah, Karma. Yeah. yeah. So we get Danny and Karma are having a conversation. 
and uh, basically she's confiding in Danny. Karma's confiding in Danny that like she's being haunted by their latest adventures and everything they've been going through. She's having some PTSD and they're holding hands to kind of have that mental connection that, that Danny can, can bring to people. And she helps her work through her nightmares and she sees a face that she can recall, but she, she doesn't know why. And then she just wants to stop for a little bit. It's getting too heavy. And that's when <laughs> magic and, and warlock comically come walking in and Warlock in his always on mode is like talking a mile a minute to, to magic. And she's like, you know, the rule, man. And he's like, that is right. Do not talk to friend, to friend magic until friend magic has had friend coffee. <laughs> and so, so Warlock understands that he's gotta, gotta uh, be better. And magic asks him, why are you, why are you bothering me anyways? Go bother Doug. And he's like, I can't, he's, friend Doug is is with his wife right now so like we we have uh we have already some some uh friction going on here but um yeah so magic kind of interrupts this and a couple times casually mentions that she's uh doesn't mean to interrupt anything and says oh you guys are giving off same kind of energy that if you were in a fight or and then she's about to say something else when Danny says drop it so for those who don't know, there's a lot of like coded history and a lot of like fan shipping, I believe is the word I'm looking for, um, mm. for Danny and Karma. And so this little moment of, of Ileana basically oh, saying- You still oh, haven't I, seen New Mutants movie, right? Oh, no, I haven't, no. Okay, oh, I will not continue then. <laughs> okay, do they touch on it in there too? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, so they do more than touch on it. Cool, cool. They- they touch all of it. <laughs> oh, nice. okay. We'll get it. Get you too. All right. So that's okay. So then I'm wasting my time. Everybody knows that already. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So then we go. Magic just keeps walking herself through the fucking house because fucking magic does what she wants. So now she encounters Rain in the kitchen and she's like, dude, what what's going on? Why why are they acting weird? And Rain just straight up straight up tells her that Danny is helping her cope with some of her stress and that she does it for her too and for Rain when Rain gets too stressed and Magic just says, cool, that's awesome. Why didn't anybody tell me about that? Everybody's got demons. Like, I just love that they, yeah. all, they all just get it. You know what I mean? They all just are cool with each other and, and fine with each other's journeys and, and needs. And just like, they just grew up with each other. They just know each other so well. And it's just it's really cute when authors and writers and artists, especially, I love Rod Race art in this, in this series. So they're then it's, interrupted. It's the best version of this art style when you've read like the Claremont era stuff. Oh yeah. If you've it's read a great any, progression. Yeah. If you, if you, if you think of the X-Men in the uh, Bill Senkevich art, yeah. vein, then you definitely will, will love this because it's 100% an homage to how Senkevich designed many of these characters and, and especially Warlock. Um, so uh, James Proudstar uh, comes to War. He's Warbird, right? Is that his? What the fuck is his name? I Warpath. Warpath. Thank you. Um, so Warpath comes to the door, and Rain is like taken aback because he's there because they're about to get ready to teach phys ed to all these kids because now they have a job. But he's in his phys ed outfit, which is basically just really, really short gym shorts. Oh yeah, uh, guys, imagine like one of the 
camp counselors from any Friday Thirteenth movie. Yeah, like, that's just short shorts. Yes, just straight. Yeah, and like just pure hunk, just yeah. looking like fucking delicious. And Rain is like, I need some of that. And so fucking, I fucking Ileana's just like giving her shit about it. I love it, dude. They're just all fucking razzing with each other. And then we cut to the new new mutants. We cut to fauna running through the the forest they're having like a game of tag fight practice it's basically a danger room scene we haven't had a danger room scene ever in in the this run you know what i mean well this is actually really important because i think it's the first sign of what we see in this book and what we see in um sword oh yes where they're practicing mutants that have related abilities and combining it they are in the new mutants as teachers are really the ones preaching this of like you need to understand how to harmonize your powers even if you don't even if you're with people who you don't think your powers match with find a way like one of the they, they start calling it mutant technology in, a, in the sword book as well yeah i like, like it a lot i like it yeah it's very it's very of of this era of x-men too because of how organic um the the concept of krakoa is you know but yet so built into technology so well it's the idea of like well we never had a chance to do this before because we weren't united before and now that united, too. there's less consequences let's yeah. see what happens if i use my fire with your wind like basically i immediately thought of um marvel ultimate alliance 2 where in that game it was the first one you can you usually have like a team of four mm-hmm. and they do their separate powers but in the sequel game they can combine power. So if you had storm and like human torch, it would be a flaming tornado. You know who else thought of of that reference you just made? Uh. The artist, because right before the new mutants teach them about combining powers, there's a very much homage to a, a video game fight screen where it's Magic's team oh, versus yeah. Warpath's team, like with the verses in between. Like I loved it because it's like it's still like. This is what I love about New Mutants. It's it's fucking very tongue in cheek, very like e- going back to even Claremont's run. Like it's very um, culturally touchstone. It, it 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 makes more cultural references than a lot of other X Men books tend to, because their characters are so much younger. So I love how this plays into into that as well. So these New Mutants break off into teams and teach teach them how to use their powers together and, and what that can look like, which gives us one of the cool, we get Warpath and, and Warlock synergizing into this like cool robotic machine, which is so fucking cool looking. Yeah, really cool. Like a and mech so, suit kind of yeah. thing. And so they basically are saying to the kids, like, listen, just explore it, push your powers to the limit because we are in a day and age where like, it doesn't matter if you die, you can come back, which is really honestly terrifying the way they like are just yeah. so cavalier about it. About it. <laughs> um but none other than young gabby um honey badger honey badger uh ask uh yeah but yes yeah, so not, not all of us seem to be able to come back uh, what about the clones uh yeah, and then we asked this after that issue of um hellions yeah yeah and so young 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 mistress gabby here is like i'm a clone Bitches, I'm a clone of a clone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what happens to me? Maddie's not coming back because everyone's saying she's too bad. You got the clone of Apocalypse not coming back because for whatever reason. Like, what if I go? What if like and 
Rain tells her, no, don't worry about it. Everybody's going to get resurrected. She's like, no, that's not happening. And Magic just tells her, don't worry about it. It's not not a problem. It's yeah. only, the ba- only the bad guys. Don't worry about it, kid. And she rubs her head and they would just walk away. And Gabby, or yeah, Gabby's like, I guess. Yeah. I guess that's my answer. And she just like, does. She pulls her hood up, or I mean, she already had her hood up, but you know, she just looks like dejected. She feels like not part of the group, and she becomes not part of the group because of that. Like all the kids break away. You got the well, old. She knows. She knows that like that's not. She's not idiot. She knows that's not the way it is. And like I think they give X twenty three a pass because she's not a full clone, obviously, of Wolverine. But Gabby is a full clone of Laura. Yeah, yeah. Laura. Yeah. She's a full clone. She's her own character, but she's a full clone. So what do you do? <laughs> yeah. Also, she's her own person with her own memories, but so was Madeline Pryor. Yeah. Yeah, man. I just, I can't. I, I this, I, I love it so much, but it's like it, it makes me sad because so many of these characters are, like, you know, like just when you put yourself in that like empathetic mindset to think like this kid must feel like. I, I live in a world where everybody's just ta- like having paradise, but like it's still the same for me. If I go, I'm dead. You know, like well, that and I never even like even though I love, love, love Rick Remander's X Force run, I totally fucking forgot about the clone of Apocalypse. I was like, <laughs> oh shit, he was a big part of that book and Jason Aaron's Wolverine X Men book, which was oh, really good. Yeah, also, yeah. I did forget about that one. Yeah, and like he was a big part of both those books, and I'm like, oh shit, yeah he's gone he was actually friends with some of these mutants like yeah yeah because a lot of these yeah so a lot of so a lot of the younger mutants we're seeing seeing now harken back to like the academy x days and what uh, wolverine and that was what it was called right wolverine and the x-men that was like kind of an academy book too right yeah it was him running the school yeah yeah, in honor of gene and stuff like that Yeah, yeah so that's where a lot of these kids come from Including our brand new, I, I forget her name at the moment, but the, the brand new girl that they just saved from one of some nameless Eastern European country that can manipulate everybody's dreams. Yeah, like she's here. She's with the group. That's pretty cool that she's like. I, I did like that. Like, oh yeah, she's still a character. Yeah. And just I, a one-off adventure. Yeah. And I, and I just, like, I'm just so excited that like we already have a brand new character that's just being integrated into the family now. Like, it's, it's fun, you know? So we see these kids they're they're anol and and anol's the only name i remember right now but the Odin generation x who anol yeah I, I think so yeah like yeah. the second version of it i believe yeah something like that yeah yeah. He, yeah he wasn't in the first one but he wasn't in like jubilee's one but i think he yeah, was, yeah. Like, yeah um so anyway so they're walking being kids goofing with each other playing around um and they get to this scary looking tree like carved out hollow tree um they climb up it they get inside there's like this glowing light and they see Farouk the the body of the shadow king and he says I've been waiting for you and they gather around this fireplace and they all just are so excited to tell him stories I, I, we have so much to tell you oh let me go first no no I learned something new today and the shadow king says I do love hearing stories now take turns, children. Don't interrupt one another. We have all the time in the world. Yes. <laughs> and I literally, I already texted you this, but I am honest. I'm being so fucking sincere when I tell you, and our listeners will know, they know I'm emotional I am. I literally said out loud to no one, 
I live alone. I said to no one in my home. Oh no. <laughs> like, like in that tone, like yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't, oh no, it was, oh no. Like I was, I'm legitimately so scared for these little babies right now, man. Like, well, if I, anyone's going to expose the fear of if I die, don't come back. It's going to be shadow. King. Yes. Like, oh, those poor little fucking kids. And then, the Shadow King getting a hold of of that new that new kid who can, can control make nightmares. Yeah. Like fuck that. Um, but anyway, it also so the book ends with a letter from Danny to, to um, Proudstar, um, yeah. James Proudstar. Um, right? Is it James? Yeah. Yes. Um, so it's two native characters interacting with each other in like this really personal way like she's just right like I, I just like that moment but she's asking him to come help her teach to bring his learned experiences to to the team to help make the next generation better but well, she compared also to any other franchise i did realize like like i think like early this year i realized there's a lot of native american mutants there are yeah Compared to any other faction or yeah. comic mm-hmm. series, this, yeah. I can think of at least like eight different Native Americans, which doesn't sound like a lot, but compared to zero, which is everywhere yeah. else, yeah, it's like surprising, yeah, yeah, it, it 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 is really nice. It is one of the things that is is great about the X Men is that it's it could be better. I'm not saying it's perfect. of course, yeah, eight but, isn't amazing, no, but like they have traditionally been one of the most diverse books as far as races and in in religious backgrounds yeah and the comfort talking about it they haven't always handled it well at all but (laughs) didn't they change two random white people into native americans yeah they did that that wasn't cool that wasn't cool that's the not mentioned part of um demon bear (laughs) yeah we don't Demon Bear is a great story if you can get past that part. That one little and, aspect of and, and randomly changing two people to Native Americans. Fully, fully respect if you can't. You know what I mean? Like I get if you can't get past that. I, I'm not going to judge you on it. But anyway, she she basically a- asks him along this journey. She wants him to also do some journaling. She wants us all to do some journaling and, and self discovery as well. And she gives him these prompts that she wants him to like journal about. And so I just want our listeners, if you haven't looked at that, like. These are good prompts. If yeah. you don't write them down, think about them at some point. You know, like in this pandemic, we're blessed with a lot of like we we have a lot of time on our hands right now. We have a lot of time to sit and think about ourselves and work on things that we want to make better about ourselves. And I like that Danny's also giving her teachers a a chance to do that, but also as as an author, as as a publisher, as Marvel to kind of give this little prompt at the bent, back of a book to get readers to just think in those terms as well. I, I really appreciated that. So naturally I gave it five X's. Uh, yeah, I will go four and a half. Fair enough. But it was good. It was definitely a solid book. It, it's nice set up for the future. Um, cause I was surprised cause a lot of these books, it's kind of back and forth. Some are continuing where they were and some are like, all right, fresh start. Yes. But this is the, I believe unless there's like an art issue at some point, like where an artist needs to come in. But like, I believe Vita is scheduled to be the writer for a while on this book. Yeah. So 
I think it's going to be a little bit more consistent going forward, which I'm super, super excited about, especially if the artist stays the same and Vita Ayala is on there still. Like, I'm really pumped if that's the creative team going forward for a few issues. That'd be so fucking cool. Okay. So, I know I said it like that, but okay. So, next All right. That brings us to X Factor number five. Now, if I remember correctly, we didn't cover issue four because we were just kind of pressed for time with all the X of Sword stuff. But real quick, where we're coming from with this book, um, basically, last time they were in the Mojoverse or Mojo World, Mojo-verse. It's a verse, right? It's a verse. Yeah, Mo- Mojoverse. Um, they realized the mutants that were doing live streaming, essentially, aren't doing it willingly, and they can't get out. And they're most of the mutants they met, they kind of just said, listen, get out as long as fast as you can like you're not gonna win here and because it's mojo's world he makes the rules and oh, it is mojo world it really is mojo world why don't say why we said verse yeah I, I thought i don't know why i thought verse too yeah right? yeah yeah sorry we both fucked up on that it's mojo world <laughs> stop screaming at the radio because <laughs> we're not on the radio <laughs> some people might be listening what it feels like with like in the car i just call everything that's in the car the radio I'm i not, mean hey I'm if you're listening old. to us from the deepest depths of uh, a mine, then thank you. Yeah. Dude. Thank, thank you, guy. Dude, that is so fucking, so fucking touching, man. Just to be a part of like your, like just commute, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks um, for taking us with you, buddy. Appreciate it. So in this issue, we have a character doing a live stream on Adam X's hot seat. God fucking damn it, Adam X. Which also made me think of um, what is the Hot Ones, the YouTube series. Uh, I do like that show though. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I like Hot Ones. And telling a woman that hey, we can just swap you out last second or something. Like no, just kill me. Yeah, it's Wind Dancer. It's the it's the uh, the prodigy's friend that like that was the last mystery they were trying to solve. Is like wh- how did she die in Mojo World? Yeah, and so this is the end of that. And it's like talking to the five uh, X, X factors talking to the five saying, "Look, proof of death." <laughs> like, yeah. happy. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty fucked up. Yeah, she just got shot, and that was it on TV. So that's a that's quite the lesson. Yeah, good thing we don't have any rampant violence like that on our televisions. Yeah. <laughs> so then we cut to Rachel trying to understand i was gonna say read the mind but really understand rock slide and what he's become now because if you don't remember rock slide died in other world so when they tried to bring him back as the first person back from other world they realized he's some kind of combination of multiversal types of rock slide essentially not the same one the rock slide we knew is dead yes so rachel tries to go his memories saying maybe i can unlock his memories and he'll be the same again Nope, his memories start two days ago, essentially. Yeah, it's crazy. So hard that she even got feedback and was like thrown across the room. Yeah, I like how she describes it as like the film at the end of a reel. Yeah, makes sense. That was pretty cool. So now when people are realizing that, they're kind of like, oh. And just as a story standpoint, I was kind of like, so is Rockslide going to become like the new pet of this group? Isn't there already a pet? We already have an amazing baby. Yeah. So that's the thing. So they bring back, what was it, Wind Dancer, you said? Yeah. And she's happy and she can fly. And this is the point where I started thinking about, oh, shit, did she do this on purpose just so he can come back with powers? Yeah. And then that's exactly what they said after. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, oh, that's yeah, because that's, that's yeah, fucked. that's the only way. Like you were like you were saying in the beginning, that's the only way to get out of Mojo World. If you're a mutant, is to die because you can be resurrected on Krakoa. Yeah, I thought that was a. I mean, it's, it's either that or the Crucible where you have to fight. Or before you have to Somebody, fight yeah. Apocalypse, but yeah, someone. I'm sure there's other tough mutants just to fight. I do, uh, I do love that. Like, so Wind Dancer, like when she's brought back, the first thing she does is take flight to use her power. And I do love that. The uh, I forget which member of the five points out that pretty much every mutant that can fly, the first thing they do when they come back is is that is jump out and fly with excitement. You know, like I thought that was kind of cute. It was nice, and also we get a moment with Emma talking about how she does love these young mutants these students of hers some some were her students yeah who's she talking to i forget i'm sorry i'm I, no no i'm with you i can't i don't remember who that is a person but she's watching the danny X-Factor. danny it's danny. danny yeah yeah i was like it's she has a connection to her. i couldn't remember i couldn't remember yeah she's talking to danny because they, so, they were at the celebrate the coming back celebration of wind dancer so after that we get a nice little mapping of the boneyard and like their whole mansion their tower i guess and we even get some shots of what everyone's doing throughout the tower we have a lot of uh why i forget his name dakin yeah being being dakin essentially being very sassy doing his thing yeah um we also have dakin flirting with um i can't remember her name wind dancer or no um oh that one went out of my head yeah, Most, even her super name. What's her super name? North Aurora. Star? It's Aurora something. What the hell is her fucking name? Isn't Aurora? Isn't that it? Is that her name? Aurora? Is that what it yeah, is? Okay. That's her name. Wait, it's I've finally got back to the front page. And then she goes upstairs to see yeah, her Aurora. And they decide I don't know a bunch of a lot of their history from Alpha Flight, so I don't yeah. know what they were talking about really about their powers and they couldn't touch before yeah i, I missed i'm not a huge alpha flight uh reader either or maybe our friends at the is it an x-men podcast who i know love alpha flight maybe they can fill, fill us in on it go for it so now all the x-factor group is seeing these amazing lights and rock slide not rock slide says beautiful yeah oh also sorry there's a panel let me see if i can find it again there's a weird panel where i think the artist fucked up because a bunch of mutants are meeting this new version of Rock Slide, but Rock Slide is also in the panel. Like original Rock Slide. No, oh, really? It's very weird. I'll I'll find it. All right. You can take, take it. it. I'll, okay. I'll find it. All right, but also take a picture of it when you do. Um so yeah, so the when the their twin powers combine, they create the <laughs> Aurora Borealis and um everyone thinks it's beautiful. You get some more shots of it and like I just love that my girl Rachel is passed out in her in her bed. Fucking classic. Oh, yeah. It's the it's the page right before the mapping of the boneyard. Okay, hold on a second. Let, let, let me get to this. And then so yeah, like you said, basically Rockslide's first complete word is beautiful. And Polaris is there to see it, which I think is really nice. And then the book ends with uh North Star and Aurora finding Siren's dead body. And um, North Star is flabbergasted and Aurora doesn't understand why. And he's like, because Siren can fly. How did she fall to her death? Like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> like, yeah, she's, she's a flyer. Like, how did she fall? So, all right, where where is this this 
art mess up? It's the page right before the boneyard layout. Oh my god. He's in it. That's him, right? That sure as fuck looks like Rock Slide to me. That's rock Slide looking at Rock Slide. Yeah, they fucked up that a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. But um, no, I think it was a solid issue. I like that this is becoming like X Factor SVU. Like Yes, I do really like that. I do like this. This is this is great for the like uh the true like the true crime lovers of the world. You know what I mean? Well, anyone who read the was it Peter David or Mark Wade? Oh shit. Peter David. Peter David. That whole run is really like a whole detective group. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Mutant being in mutants was secondary. <laughs> like yeah. We had Multiple Man and Richter and all these characters doing their own thing. Like it became secondary to the fact that they're mutants. It's more about the case. Okay. So I so, want real quick before we move on, I want to, I, we skipped over a panel that I really love because I'm never going to miss an opportunity to talk about how much I'm loving this version of Rachel. So I love, I love all versions of Rachel, but this is quickly becoming one of my favorite versions. Um, there's a scene during that like welcome back party at the Boneyard where Prodigy is asking this weird this with this kid who's like they've never seen before like what are your powers and he says that uh an advanced form of acoustic kinest telekinetic basically he's acoustinetics i don't know how to pronounce it but basically i get different powers based off music i love I, I any any music i'm listening to i can get whatever different powers off of it and so rachel is just standing there listening she's not really participate in this conversation she doesn't have any shoes on yeah, I'm she's talking in about like now. a jumper she's hanging out with her dog but she's like Fuck. amazing baby she's hanging out with her dog named amazing baby who she and then she just says fuck i'm texting dazzler she's gonna love this kid and like that's that's it and that's her only interaction with humanity the next time you see <laughs> rachel she's passed out on her bed while the aurora borealis happens behind her so i'm loving this version of rachel yeah she's great i give this uh Three and a half stars. Yeah, I gave, I gave it three X's. I do love the mystery at the end, though. Yeah. Now we're going to Sword. Really excited to read this one. This was a trippy book. Dude, I didn't know what the fuck was happening. That's the thing. I don't know exactly what happened. And it's really, it really, it's very intriguing on like, did I love it or go, eh? Because I don't know what the fuck they did in the book, but I like it. But I, we're, the thing, so. The thing I keep going back to, because I've been asked a couple times recently if I like this book, and I said, um, I think so. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, say I'm gonna it, keep reading. Yeah, and that's what I end up coming back to is like, but I like the things that frustrate me are supposed to be frustrating me right now. Like, I'm not supposed to know what's going on. Yeah. Like, and so that's like, okay, fine. Like, I just have to like get over that. Like, yeah, I'm not supposed to know what's going on. And so for listeners point. who don't know what S.W.O.R.D. is. Yeah, and honestly, um, I'm one of them. So clue me It was literally the space version of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was a side project of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it was their space program to watch interstellar threats. Okay. And then watch the movie interstellar randomly at times. Um, during, during threats. Yeah, during threats, of course. Um, so, but it was also kind of abruptly shut down i want to say originally it was shut down during secret invasion because they kind of didn't do their job um but it was ran by the woman we see in this book abigail brand that sounds right um yeah i don't know much about her because i didn't know she was a mutant that kind of threw me off i knew of the character and she used to she used to date beast if i remember correctly yes they had a thing 
during Whedon's run, I want to say, possibly. So. Which is, I believe, where she was created. Yes. But so I didn't know about this whole thing about her being a mutant. I really like that this version of Sword looks like it has a bunch of Krakoan plants growing all over it. Yeah, because it does. Because it's yeah. the Krakoan space station. And that's yeah. the portal to get there, basically. Yeah. Love it. Love all that. Um, this book is, it's again, we're going to say it a lot. It's weird. There's a lot of random things that happen, but like I know they have a purpose. And also the art, I think, is really nice. Man. Like this wide shot of the space station across what i love oh, yeah it. what i love a lot about not just the art but like i mean i guess it is the art what i love about the art but what i love about what this book seems to be doing so far is like setting itself so much apart from the other x-men books you Ooh. know what i mean like just the way the shots are we don't get shots like that like the opening shot of the sun coming up over earth the like the one you just described of the space station, like through pan, like these are Star Wars shots. These are, these are like classic sci-fi shots. These aren't X-Men shots. I love it. And like this the first shot of Magneto coming out of the bubble is beautiful. Oh my God. I'm actually presenting himself. Yeah. Phenomenal art. But right before we get to that is like the, the cast of characters, which serves as like the breakdown for the crew of, of, of this, for the skeleton crew of this ship which can be run this giant ship that can, because of Krakoan technology, because of all those plants can basically be run with a minimal mutant staff. And we get like this whole breakdown, which is again, not a normal data page either. You know what no, I mean? No, no, not at all. So uh, I'm, I'm happy. I kind of skipped this page because I'm used to like, you know, this is the page of who's in the book. Mm-hmm. So I kind of skip it. So when I saw these characters, I'm like, Oh shit, that guy, okay, Oh cool. shit, that girl. Yeah. What the fuck? It's Vanisher. I thought he was dead. Of course he's not dead. Nobody's dead. Um, actually, side note, back in New Mutants, I kept thinking, oh, I wonder how um, uh, Shadow King stuck on the island. Oh, wait, he'd be welcome on the island. He's a mutant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, shit. He's just welcome there, isn't he? He doesn't have to really yeah. hide. He's just there. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I do on- wonder, though, if anyone knows he's there. Like, I mean, someone has to, if you made it on the island, like, you know, Shadow, like, Tom last you should know, you know? Solid point, solid point. But, um... Anyway, that was for, that, we missed that chance to have that discussion. We, we didn't did. go back. So, here, so, we're in space now. Exactly. Uh, right now, we have Magneto basically doing, like, an inspection of what the hell's going on in this ship. Could but then it, also, and this is where I'm thinking there's gonna be some kind of connection, Everyone on this ship has some kind of vague connection to Magneto. Uh, a little bit, yeah, but I mean, it's also part, yeah, really a, a, a little bit. It's it, but this is also being presented very clearly as like Magneto's pet project. Yeah. So like, it just I I just love the vibe that he's giving off that like because again remember Magneto loves space. Asteroid M. Exactly. Like. Mag- which is where a lot of these weird characters are from actually. yes it's like, like that's what i i love how giddy he seems about the idea like oh like krakoan space station oh i'm, I'm so happy oh look at all of my friendly fa-. like he loves space he becomes like a happy old grandpa when he's there because he's just so excited to be in space again but then just to kind of show off his power i'm gonna move the ship a little bit yeah i'm gonna move this because i yeah. can <laughs> yeah I love it. I, I love. There was a point where they said, like, "Oh, how come you don't just travel through the gate?" Because sometimes you like to go in a metal bubble and fly into space. 
Yeah. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that this book lets Magneto be um, a little different than we, like, he seems a little bit more like a lovable uncle. You know what I mean? Or like a lovable grandpa right now. Like he, he seems like he's letting down his regal guard and just kind of being like, oh, I'm just going to hang out on, on the space station. <laughs> well, there's a little moment where Cable, who, again, the consistency of like how mature he is changes throughout each book, honestly. A little bit. Um, like this one, he seems like a mature adult, like he's, older he, teen. No, he seems like he's trying. There, I forget where it was, but there's a moment where he's very much like, getting excited about something and then like the boss comes in and he's like yes and then we have to do that like it, it, it yeah it, it, i got the vibe that he's like look look guys i'm a i'm a i'm a grown-up now well there's a little moment where he tells magneto okay do the whole movie thing but don't get any scratches on it and he's like all right director summers like yeah little guy yeah. you can tell me what to do sure you got it. yeah whatever buddy i really like that so but now, yeah i also like that it but i I don't, I think he meant it very earnestly though. You know what I mean? I think he meant it in a very like, I'm happy for you, director Summers. You know, like, yeah, it could have been letting him know, like, I think it's a little like, it's like, of course I'm not going to, but you got it, kid. You know, like, yeah, like I'll, I'll do it because you asked, but also we both know I wasn't going to anyway. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I just love it. Like the way he's, he interacts with Wizkid as you're about to get to, like, he just, he just, loves the fucking kids who are in space he's just like this is the generation they're doing it they're in space i love these kids like he's just he's kind of like the principal of like a magnet school <laughs> like these smart kids yes geniuses. again but that goes back to when he was in charge of the magnet new- school oh shit boom podcast Mag- over magnet is gonna beat that magnet school is the title dude <laughs> I do appreciate that our titles end up being like, you'll appreciate it if you listen to the episode. You have to, yeah. Otherwise, you don't know what the fuck happens. Yeah. So basically, the rest of this book is Abigail giving Magneto a tour of like the cast of characters we're going to meet and what the premise is. And she also like is such a badass that she calls him Eric all the time. Oh, yeah. She's a very, if you read her at all in any run, she's a very stern, mm-hmm. right to the point don't fuck with me kind of character i always really like that yeah that's why it kind of threw me off when it's like this whole mutant thing because i just don't remember her being a mutant i just remember her being a no nonsense go fuck yourself i'm in charge kind of person yeah she looks like a weird mix of like sage and polaris yeah well this is also different because she had like flowy long hair back in the day oh shit well that was polaris then yeah basically um so next now we meet whiz kid who has the ability to communicate with technology, which helps in space and a spaceship. Yep. And he's still in like this. I don't know because I don't know much about him, but I, I don't like, either, I'm wondering, does he ride that car for fun or is he paralyzed? I don't know which one it is, but I've only seen him in that. I th- I think it. Yeah, I I get the sense that it's like a like a disability thing. Yeah, I think so. So, like you mentioned before. Magneto seems so happy to see this kid, this smart kid, do his thing, flying around, discovering new things with space. And I love how happy he is to meet him, which is great. And then we meet, uh, where is she? Well, first, 
uh, Abigail talks about all the threats in space and why yeah. she joined this team and how the Alpha Flight team wasn't doing what she wanted to do. And I know you're not reading the other Marvel books, but one of these things is referencing um, Noel, who is the main villain in the uh, Venom book, who's taking mm. over the universe right now. Oh, is that the King in Black thing that's going yeah. on? Okay. Yeah, he's the King in Black, and he's like eaten suns and devoured galaxies and covered everything in symbiont goo and it's it's actually a really good story the whole uh donny kate's venom run has been amazing and then right now is like the grand finale and like that stuff's pretty epic and the mutants are involved but they're also kind of semi we could just go back to our island and do something else (laughs) true we don't really need to help them but like in the first issue of king and black he's already destroyed like most of the earth i don't know where it's gonna go yet i'm not up to date on it but it's really good anyway so uh, i just and and that's one of the things i fucking hate about marvel sometimes it's like (laughs) so right now in space magneto's looking down on an earth that's like half destroyed by symbiotes well no because they're talking about how it's happening out in space so this this should be like right before okay yeah the universe like this should be less stars That, that was a thing yeah like yeah, this hat, okay. All right, never mind. So then we meet, uh, what is her name again? We're Frenzy? Frenzy, yes. Okay. Yeah, we meet Frenzy, who has a history with um, Magneto, and she's training with the Scroll Cree representative. Yes. Uh, they do mention how now that the Scroll and the Cree are together, they take up a lot of the universe and they're a big power player. Mm-hmm. A, lot the Sh- a lot like the Shi'ar Empire, which mm-hmm. to me felt like a little hint oh, about the yeah. future. Oh, yeah. Possible uh, war yeah. happening between. Yeah, I think we're about to have, I think that's a big clue into our first act, cosmic X-Men event. Yeah, going to be an issue with that. Um, then we get the deep cut that I fucking love. <laughs> I was so giddy when I saw this guy pop up. Whose name I can't say right now, Fabian Cortez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I saw that, first Magneto is like, I recognize that ponytail. And he is so happy to see Magneto. He was like one of the first people on Asteroid M. Yeah. Like he was a fucking loyal servant to the belief of Magneto mm-hmm. in space doing your thing. And he's such a if you look, if you guys don't know who he is, look at his old design. He's such a 90s design character. Oh my god, he really was, dude. And I believe, if I were, this is pure in memory, in the middle, early 2000s, he was part of the Hellfire Club also. It wouldn't surprise me. I, I don't recall that, but I wasn't yeah. reading at the time, so it's it, not that you're wrong or anything, but like... Yeah, I could be wrong. It's fine. So we're seeing him, and Magneto doesn't give a fuck. No. <laughs> Magneto doesn't. No, because nobody... Like, I like to just nobody likes this guy. Like, even Magneto, yeah. I don't. Even He's I useful like because he can empower, he can strengthen or make the power greater of any mutant. So, yeah. mm-hmm. super speed, now you're even faster if he's around. Yeah. It's a mm-hmm. booster. Uh, for anyone who plays Hero Clicks, he has in power. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's my deep cut geeky er moment for the, for the night. Um, and then we also meet, and this is where I started getting that vibe again. I'm like, oh shit, they're doing the thing from the other book um we meet a bunch of teleporters like pixie and manifold and gateway all these mutants that have the same power i'm and like blink yeah blink but like, it's like sorry that's not pixie it's gate it's it's, it's blink yeah not pixie sorry that's yeah but I mean. this is like okay so this and is vanisher anyway. and vanisher yeah but this is like um alternate 
reality version of Blink. Because there's yeah, she's the Age of Apocalypse. Yes, yeah, so, but there's a another version of Blink in the six one six. That version's dead. I know she is. Oh, so you're saying to, like should we have to like, bring her back? <laughs> but like, are there two Blinks now? Oh, I wonder how that rule works. Because they they want to avoid two of the same, but they're not because she's from Age of Apocalypse. Oh shit! So yeah, that's my, originally that's a, where my brain went. Where I was like, oh cool, blink, and then I was like, blah blah blink. Cool, wait, there was another. Oh wait, <laughs> like just like all unfurled in my head. Yeah, because I'm like, I remember now he's gone again, but old man Logan version of Wolverine was in the main universe for a while. He was. But he, yeah, I was like, oh but, shit! Would they just keep him around too? But they did get rid. But they did get rid of him from this universe. Like, yeah, yeah, there. he went back to his universe. Yeah, yeah. so like that started not a- Avengers of the Wasteland or whatever. Yeah, but um, yeah, and I was just thinking of characters who are different dimensions because like yeah. that that does apply to some characters. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, interesting. All right. Uh, so then we have another great moment of Magneto recognizing an old friend and losing his mind. Like, oh yes. my god, it's it's you. my main man. Like, oh, this is the best. And Fabian just watching, like, what the fuck? He, he just, literally says, what's happening? And it's, he sees his main man, Peeper. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Peeper is from, like, the golden, like, he's from, like, not the golden, because they weren't, the silver, where, like, he was from, like, the 60s, man. Yeah. Like, he was, like, one of his, like, henchmen. And I he's, just there and he's so fucking happy yeah he's like oh, my oldest friend <laughs> like it's like we have to catch up i soon. know and like he Amazing. he he says something to like he he tells him something and magneto's like if you if it's coming from you i trust you and i trust your belief like he's like just like whatever this man tells him he's gonna just bring it to the council meeting don't even worry about it i'll take it to the council whatever it is if it's coming from you, my old friend, I believe it. And like, have you ever seen Magneto drawn with a bigger smile? No, I love like it so much. <laughs> and then Fabian just like, what the fuck? Yes. I and love- then Abigail's like, to your stations, everyone, shit's going down. Yeah. And so this is where I get confused. <laughs> so the teleporters are having their power boosted by Fabian. Yes. And again, amazing art, fantastic art. In conjunction with whiz kids Kirkoan technology that he's created yes um they are opening a portal to go into another dimension like you do where they get their asses handed to them by something we don't see something crazy happens we don't see what it is yeah we get this giant gateway yeah they're, and they're like, sucked into like a stargate. We just see like abstract art and then they grab. Yeah, stargate. That's a better description of it. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like the writing, like, and then the yeah. power strengthens the shield. Yes. The yeah. shield protects the six. Like, it gets, all this crazy shit. Yeah. Like, there be, yeah, there's like all this like mutant synergy power being used. Like, all these mutants are combining their powers to do what only they can do together to pierce time and space to go through (laughs) where no mutant has ever gone before. And they grab this um, 
pyramid shaped looking thing you know whatever i don't know yeah, a metal pyramid a metal yeah. triangle. like a, it's little not like a the size of a pyramid i guess is yeah. what I'm trying to think. and then you get the credits of the book yeah and then we get which you think oh is that the end no there's a little bit more then you get another gorgeous shot of the space station with the Krakoan like plant. Well, before that, out of that, when we get the credits, in my head I'm like, that's a that's like oh, in a movie director going and boom we got yes it. exactly. Like, They're not this, entertained by this shit exactly. Get like, off this, the ship. This is so cinematic in every fucking way. And this is the writer who's been doing um, Immortal Hulk, which has become a huge hit. It went from like a a ten issue mini. To mm-hmm. becoming like it's gonna reach issue eighty soon. Wow! And it's actually a really, really freaking yeah, good. Yeah, I've heard. Story. I've heard really good things about it. It's fantastic, art wise and storytelling wise. Like I made it to issue forty, I want to say, and I mm-hmm. took off my list for a little bit. I'm mm-hmm. gonna catch up, but like it's really good. Like you read it, going, "Oh yeah, this is a Hulk book." Like yeah. it has no business being this when, good. Th- when Hulk is done, there is um, I can't remember now, so I'm not gonna waste the time. Peter David. Like, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I knew. What you're about. Okay. That that initial run of his was so fucking good and so like took me by surprise that I was like, man, I've been looking at Hulk the wrong way for a long time. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so we get that cinematic shot of the space station in space. We get Abigail still basically talking to Magneto about like, my team is going to do that we're not doing this for Krakoa we're doing this for the world this is our mission we're above nations we're a earth mission you know what I mean like she's just telling him like you're just a means to an end I'm not Krakoa is just paying for this I'm this is for everybody but this isn't well, a that's Krakoa. what I was mentioning to you before like she's always been very greater mm-hmm. good person yeah and that's what she's trying to establish despite the fact that every member of that space station is a mutant. <laughs> so yeah. like in, in every way, this is a very much a Kirkoan mutant mission. Not the her though, but we do know the council's taking this very seriously because there's a part somewhere in early where Magneto says like, they're not as important as the five, but they're extremely important. I, again, like I think it's, Ma- I, I think it's Magneto. Being I think Magneto thinks they're just as important. Like I think Magneto is just, really obsessed with this project that's also just as possible yeah like i think he's just really giddy that there's a space project also i want some of these krakoan clothes like the clothes that the teleporters are wearing i'm like that's actually pretty nice looking yeah you know there are a lot of yeah there are a lot of nice jackets and and like a lot of nice jackets going on a lot of nice jackets in 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 krakoa and i'm really jealous of, of some of the fashion they're given um so it ends with the crew coming back battered from their e- e- trip, handing this black orb pyramid-shaped thing to Abigail, who says, here, this is the thing. S.W.O.R.D. is the mutant space program. But this building here, it goes beyond, beyond anything I've ever dreamed of. It's this. And then it's abigail holding this thing that we don't know what and she literally said this is what comes next and we don't know what that is we don't know yeah. what the fuck this thing is but the ending passage is a quote from victor van doom i loved this yeah I do, do you want to read it or do you want to read it? Yeah, I'll, I'll read it. Okay. it was very telling 
You have stolen fire from heaven to hold in your hands. How could I object? Uh, I have done the same myself with one significant difference. I wore gloves. Be careful. Be careful. He ends it by telling them to be careful. I really fucking like that. Because when Dr. Doom tells you, you need to be careful. You're tampering with shit you don't understand. Yes. Oh, awesome. Yes. Like that alone did more to get me hyped for this book than some of the other things in it. You know what I mean? Like that. We already know there's there was a gateway to this weird, vague black multi-armed creatures that could annihilate. That took out the crew here. Yeah. Yeah. So, what else they're touching? What else they're tampering with? I already saw one person online said it would be a really trippy ending if you find out that's the same ship like they went through dimensions and fought this weird alien creature and went through time and space and ended up back where they were and it's like a loop it's a weird fan theory i saw on twitter if it makes any sense i don't i don't get it quite like they fought they fought these monsters and they're all gonna die on this ship and the ship itself goes back in time oh if this is like I see what you're saying. I yeah, they are the saying. ones who met those creatures. Who Gene, who Gene, when Gene finds, well, but yeah. when Gene finds them, there's a totally different guy on the thing. Yeah, that's again, this is a theory I saw yeah. online. Yeah. And it could be a guy randomly working in there, you know. But it's not. He was like a commander on there. Like Abigail would knows who was he Was he commander? Is. Yeah, he was like the, he was, yeah, he was the commander. Fine, user, whatever your name is. That theory is. I don't know if it debunks it totally. I don't totally get the theory, so I don't know. it's probably not that. It's just like one thing I end up seeing the other day. I was like, but oh, it's kind of weird. But to that point, anything is possible, and this book is gonna be trippy as fuck. It is. If this is anything about what we're getting, it's gonna be real fucking good. Like yeah. I like this issue a lot. Yeah, me too. Uh, I gave it four and a half stars. I gave it four X's. I can start. Why is it stars? Yeah, I don't know what I had, you're doing. I had an ed- I had an edible like a half an hour ago. So son of a bitch yeah all right get us out of here that was the last one we're covering that was the last one and uh again really like that issue it's, it's great stuff it's it's nice building for the future it doesn't feel like any of the other x-men books which is really what matters yeah and yeah that's it for right now our next episode we'll do another five we have x-force 15 cable number seven excalibur 16 x-men 16 and i don't know what's after that all right i don't have that book in front of me so until next time guys on the the bloody shores of sebastian shaw's house where he jumped out a window and was dragged back in if you look real closely you'll find out that we'll see you next time